This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. And you're listening to Finance. It's 23 to 1. Barry Preston. Very, very pleased, happy today to have Detective Superintendent Cole Dyson, who is the commander of the Fraud Squad, State Crime Command, New South Wales Police. How are you, Cole? Good, thanks, Barry. How are you? I'm very well indeed. And, of course, Cole's happy to part some of his knowledge about the area of possible fraud. First one, one reads of people having money turn up in their accounts at the ATM when it goes into that giveaway giveaway mode or maybe just finding yourself with unexpected cash that's not yours. Now, is this a problem? Uh, it has been a problem at recent times. The world's getting more driven by technology and, of course, technology occasionally has glitches. And one of the glitches that the ATM system suffers um, occasionally is that, for one reason or another, it allows people to take um, larger amounts of cash out of their accounts than um, their account balance would otherwise allow. Mm. Um, and we've had instances, in particularly in Sydney, where words got around through social media <laughs> uh, that there's free money on offer. Um, and that, of course, isn't the case. And uh, it has caused a bit of a feeding frenzy, for the want of a better term, where people would turn up and, and there have been lengthy lines of people lining up at ATMs um, uh, to take money out, thinking that it's it's um, it's a free-for-all and they're getting free money. And because ATMs are networked all over the state, the, the same could occur um, in the Newcastle area. Mm. Uh, I, just, I think it's important that people realise that it's not free money. Right. Uh, that and basically the law would dictate that if a person um, obtains money uh, they know they're not entitled to, right. uh, they commit a crime. Ooh, it's that simple. It's that simple. Mm. Um, and uh, there are uh, um, a variety of crimes depending on how this is um, this occurs. To cover that, a simple one is uh, larceny by mistake. In other words, if someone makes a mistake, and it could be as simple as giving too much change when you buy something. Mm. Um, and you know that um, you've received too much uh, and you keep it, well, technically you've committed a crime, and it's very much the same with an ATM. If uh, if you know your account has a certain amount of money in it and you take more, uh, and you know that that's occurring because there's some glitch in the ATM system because you've been told that, um, and you intend to keep it, you, as, as the law says, you, you intend to permanently deprive the owner of the money, mm. uh, well, technically you've committed a crime. That's it. Simple as that? As simple as that. No other uh, implications, it's just that simple. Cole. Yeah, yeah, that's right, it's that simple. Still the relentless emails. Tax refunds are the new ones. I've uh, I've had an excess of about 20 of these over the last couple of months. Have you seen any new uh, areas of uh, emails coming through? I suppose the carbon tax won't be uh, uh, missing out here, will it? Well, I, I predict there will be ones uh, in relation to the carbon tax. <laughs> tax uh, um, and criminals tend to... Uh, do things um, where, where um, you know, they look for the perfect timing. It's tax time currently, so that's why the taxation emails are coming out. And, and these basically say that either, uh, you know, we we can offer you a, a, a sum of money, a tax return you're owed, yes, uh, that you missed out on in past years, and the emails could purportedly come from the ATO itself or through some other. Um, purported organisation that's acting on behalf of the ATO saying that we've got this money for you and, of course, we need your banking details to put the money into. <laughs> there we go again. And, uh, and that's the bottom line. They will always look for a way into your banking accounts or look for financial or, or uh, personal information that they can commit identity crime with. And 
the the, ta- the carbon tax is probably um, a good one to predict. At some stage, emails will come out saying that we uh, can offer you um, the compensation or whatever is being offered, uh, but we need your banking details, and that's always the the the, the thing they're seeking a way into your bank account. Cole, would it be a good strategy to say for people to get, that get caught by callers over the phone or the emails? If I didn't call you, I don't give you information. Yes, it would be a good strategy. Um, the other strategy, of course, would be not to provide anyone information unless you're absolutely sure that of the person you're you're speaking with. Because uh, a lot of the emails now, and you're right, a lot of the emails now they're, they're reverting to telephone calls, mm. and people are receiving. That's one that is quite common now. Is purportedly a company who has identified the fact that you have a virus in your computer and they require uh, remote <laughs> yeah. access yes. um, for the payment of a $40 fee. Yes. So once they're in there, of course, they, they uh, can basically do whatever they like and what they have been doing is uh, planting viruses in the in the computer, uh, malware called uh, keyloggers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't know they're in there now. The new... Uh, the new viruses used by criminals are undetectable. They're in your computer and you don't, they lie dormant. You don't know they're in there. But what they do is capture, um, uh, as soon as you start typing in things like account numbers and passwords, they will activate, they will record your keystrokes and send them back to the, um, the criminals. So they're, they're receiving your keystrokes, your account numbers, your passwords, etc., uh, to almost to all your bank accounts, to your uh, online auction sites, to... Uh, to those financial escrow things like PayPal that go with it. Mm-hmm. Anything else you might ha- have in there that the um, the criminal has written into the malware to look for and detect, it's being sent back to the criminal and you don't know that. It's a quarter to one and this is finance. And Barry Preston, we're talking fraud at the moment. We certainly are. We're talking with Detective Superintendent Cole Dyson, the Fraud Squad, State Crime Command. And Cole, we're looking at something that is relatively new um i know you want to discuss this one in particular cloud computing what is it well cloud computing is uh well it's coming upon us quite rapidly actually and uh, it is a term um, that is used for um using the internet as as the basis for your computing in other words instead of where we talk about the cloud uh you could basically say the internet um and the basis for it is that if you have a business um mm and it's usually business-focused, instead of using your own database and your own platform or your own computers and your own programs, everything comes from the Internet. So your, uh, your operating systems, your programs, uh, your data storage, um, everything is, is in the Internet, and all you have really is a keyboard, a mouse, and a, uh, and a screen. Um, there are implications for that. There are definitely benefits. Uh, the benefits are that you'll never have to upgrade your systems anymore. You don't have to worry about storage on site or looking for um, accommodation for your your mm-hmm. data storage, etc. But the implications are all around security. Right. Um, and when we talk about the cloud, we're not talking about your data storage being up there. Your data storage is, in fact, on the ground, on the earth, but it could be anywhere in the world. And, in <laughs> fact, your data storage could be in, a, in multiple places, and you don't know, as the as the client... Um, of the cloud, if you like, mm-hmm. where your data is being stored. And that can move. Um, and we have already had instances where we've had um, unauthorised access, in other words, hacking of 
uh, data storage of, um, of businesses uh, that were held in uh, places like India and China and Vietnam and Cambodia and a variety of places. And that can move. Where your data storage is being held this week may be somewhere else next week. Um, and the, obviously the implications are for security. You don't know. and There are different versions of this, and you can have assurances at least that you have a certain level of firewall and a certain level of security, but mm. you have no actual uh, control over that. Um, and in, in some of these overseas jurisdictions, um, the security may be dubious. Right. Um, and if you have a company that has uh, a client data relating to your clients that include financial information, credit card information, etc., basically what you're doing is moving that offshore to another jurisdiction, Ooh. and you're then at the behest of the level of insurance of security that's being uh, placed over that um, to stop any unauthorized intrusions into that and uh, and the theft of that data. Wow. Uh, the other is from a policing aspect. And we've, this has already occurred, where a company will come to us and say, we've been told that our data, we've had a data intrusion. Our uh, client base, all our customer details have been hacked and compromised. Yeah. Okay, uh, and we look at it. Uh, we find out that their database is held in, say, Vietnam or India, mm. or both. Uh, the offenders look like they're in Russia. Wow. Uh, our, our response then is, look, we can help you as much as we can, but it's out of our jurisdiction nothing to do with that uh, we can't investigate it the victim may be here but the offense took place overseas gee now i believe the australian government is looking at this and i was reading something recently where it says that the uh, australian government may start using this cloud computing uh, based within australian jurisdictions and that the government is getting over its fear but what you've just been saying uh, even though it might be to asio which is the australian security intelligence organization specifications, it doesn't mean to say somebody can't hack into it. I mean, they've hacked into the Pentagon. No, that's right, um, and the offenders are getting better at it. If the data is stored within uh, our jurisdiction, um, even though it may be uh, by definition of the cloud, at least it's being held within our jurisdiction, and there's greater control over the level of security mm. uh, that can be applied to it. Right. Um, <clears throat> but uh, to have it overseas to have it in a place that you may not, as a, as a client of the cloud, may not even know where it's being stored. So you don't know where your information is. Now, let's assume I've signed up with Cold Ice and this cloud company and so forth, and I say, look, I want to get out of this. Now, how do I know I'm going to get all my information back? Well, that's very much uh, surrounds the, uh, how, the agreement or the contract that you sign up with the, the service provider, um, both in, in terms of the level of security, where the data is being held, there's all these things that really are untested at the moment and people don't even think about. They should all be um, up front in the agreement. You should know where your data is being stored. You, there should be an agreement with the level of security. You should have an ability to receive reports or feedback mm -hmm. from them in relation to that level of security and assurances that uh, the, the security is in place and, in, and also that that security is being updated because it needs to be updated all the time. There's all those implications that are, that are uh, difficult to monitor, especially if they're overseas. The more sophisticated we become, the more difficult it becomes. That's, that's <laughs> exactly right. We've been speaking with uh, Detective Superintendent Cole Dyson, from, commander of the New South Wales Fraud Squad. Cole, thank you very much indeed for being with us. All the best and thank you very much from the listeners of 2NURFM 103.7. Thanks, Barry. Always a pleasure.